You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay. All right, so first of all, let's go to some scripture. And a lot of scripture that we want to read, okay, and uh, we're going to start off with right here. And this is, is Philippians chapter 2, and, and I used this not too long ago, but I want to show you something else in here, okay? Um, and I, I'm, I'm fighting the urge to preach through the whole thing because it's real good stuff here. Philippians 2, ver- beginning verse 3. Paul writes to the church at Philippi, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Jesus is God. And even though he was God, he didn't see that as something to cling to. Okay, now now listen, can I just say to you, you're not God. Okay? But sometimes we kind of almost treat ourselves like we are, right? Life is all about me and everything. But Jesus was God. And he didn't think of that as something like to throw up, like, hey, hey, you know, dropping his name. Hey, you know who I am? You know, Jesus was God, and he didn't, he didn't think that was something to cling to. But instead, he gave up his divine privileges, being in heaven and being worshipped 24-7. He gave up those divine privileges, and he took the humble position of a slave, this humanity. He was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on a cross. You know what that means? Okay, if, if we put criminals to death today, we'd normally do it by lethal injection. Maybe some electric chairs still around out there, right? But in those days, they put him to death. One of the ways they put him to death was hanging him on a cross. So when Jesus died on the cross, he was dying as a criminal. So he went from here to here. As high as he could be, he is God, equal with God, Yet he came as as low as he could go. He died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, because he was up here, but he humbled himself to here, because of that, God, his Father, elevated him to the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That because he was here and he humbled himself to here, God took him back to here. That's what he did. And I know last week I gave you a little bit of six-year-old reason, right? You know what I mean? Like, we're not six-year-olds. We ought to do things because it's the right thing to do. But sometimes we act like six-year-olds. Why? What's in it for me? You know, well, let me give you a little bit of that right here. This is what God does. When we don't see ourselves up here, but we humble ourselves to here, then God takes us back up here. So there's some of that in it for us as well. But it's not about us. But see this. Here's what I really want you to get out of this, is that serving began with Jesus. Okay, Jesus, he could have come here and said, hey, I'm God, everybody bow down and worship me. But when he started his church, he didn't do that. He started by serving. Serving began with Jesus. But it shouldn't end there. Matthew 28, 19, 20, what we call the Great Commission, right? Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things. Is this one of the things we need to be this, teaching them to observe all those things? We need to be doing this as well. Because if Jesus was a servant, 
And he taught them, he, showed, he was the example of them of being servant. They're supposed to be teaching that and passing it on down to us, so we should be teaching about being servants. Jesus Christ, God, who got on his knees the night before he was crucified and washed the disciples' feet. They should have been washing his feet, but he washed their feet. Even the feet of the one, Judas, who was about to walk out, the feet of the one, the feet that were about to walk out the door and go betray him so that he would be crucified the next day, Jesus washed his feet. Serving began with Jesus. Here, here's a great quote from Craig Rochelle on serving. He says, But I've realized serving isn't something we do. A servant is who we're called to be. Because when we serve, we become like Christ. And sometimes we, we, we miss this is because we, we have a skewed view of what it means to become like Christ. That we, we, think, we think that the more perfect we become, the more we're like Him. Now I've got a thought I, I, I'm really fighting sharing here with you because it's in, in, in another sermon that's coming up in this series. But it, it, this right here is just all over it. That we sometimes think the more perfect we become, well, you're never going to really get perfect in everything you do. You're not, never going to become like Christ in that way. But the way you can become like Christ is serving Him. That's what His gospel is about. That's what, that's what his mission was about. Sure, he wants to save us from our sins. Sure, he, he commands us to be holy as he is holy. But the whole thing is about reaching out to somebody else, helping someone else, encouraging someone else, serving one another. That's what he calls us to do. Okay, so in these spiritual terms and in these spiritual matters, especially in serving and these things, there are, there, there are several places we can find ourselves, but here are the two ends of the spectrum, okay? The curious and the contributors. So just like here today, okay, there may be some people sitting here today with us that you're part of the curious. That you might not even be a Christian. You might not even call yourself a Christian yet. You may have never prayed in your life, but you're curious. You're here today for some reason. There's some reason that you are here today. And maybe you've been here for a while, and, and maybe it's just that there's something inside of you, and you're, you're looking, and you're seeking, and you're searching. And so you're curious. You haven't decided yet if this Jesus really is who I've been saying and who the Scripture's been saying He is. And so you're curious. So what are you going to do with that? Uh, that that's okay, okay? But let me tell you about these people before I come back to you curious. The contributors. Now, don't see dollar signs when I say that. Because giving is only one part of being a contributor. All right? The contributors in, in the church world are those who have gone beyond being curious and saying, this is what I was called for. This is what I, I, was, I was made for. This is what my purpose in life is. And, and, and this is, you know, and the whole body, being a part of the whole body of, of, of believers in the world, but specifically finding that place that is your local body of believers and saying, this is where God has called me to serve and to be a part and contributing, and not just in finances, but with your time and, and, and those kinds of things. And having buy-in and all of that, you know, like, like today there was a piece of paper sitting right there, and, you know, I picked it up and put it in my pocket. You know, do you do that kind of thing? Uh, you know, do you do that kind of thing, or do you say, well, somebody ought to pick that up? You know, if, if you pick it up, you're a contributor. You know, that's part of being a contributor. That's not all of it, you know, but it, it's all of those things. Okay, so, but let me come back to you, the curious, right now, because you may feel like, oh, okay, I understand, and, and I don't know what happens. Is then you think, okay, so, yeah, I, I'm a nobody here. I'm just curious, you know, because the, the important people are the contributors, right? And so, you know what, we, we misunderstand a little bit about that. So bring me that next slide up so I can read this with you. To the spiritually curious, and I wanted this up here because I wanted you to get it, okay? 
to the spiritually curious that are here today, let me say as pastor, I am not here for those who have been Christians for a long time. That's what we think. We think the people that are paying the bills, the people that are doing the jobs, people that are serving, people that are watching the kids, people that are praying the prayers, people that are doing, you know, all this stuff. That, that's, that's pastors here because, you know, they have invested and they deserve the pastors to give them a message. That's the way we look at it, right? But let me tell you, if you're curious today, that I'm not here for the people that are already doing it. I'm not here for the people that are contributors. They are here for you. You know, and you might have thought I was about to say I'm here for you, but no, not just me. The contributors are here for you. Because we, we found it, you know, it, when we say this around here that it's not about me. Hey, it was all about me. When I was a sinner, when I didn't know Jesus, it was all about me. When he was hanging on the cross, it was all about me. But as soon as I accepted Christ and I moved beyond being curious, it was not about me anymore. It's about the next person who needs to hear the gospel. It's about the next person who needs to feel the love of Jesus in their life. And so the contributors that are here, I'm not here for them today. They are here for you. And, and in case you contributors, I want you to just remember that too, okay? Is that we're not here for ourselves even today. We're here for everybody else. We're especially the curious among us today. We're here for them. That's what God's called us to be here. For. In this moment, in our, in our small groups, in our events, this is why we're here. And if you're curious, just understand, we're here for you today. And we're glad that you're with us, okay? So, so let me back up a little bit. So these are the two ends of the spectrum. And so you know what you can do? You can find yourself anywhere along that spectrum. But there's a big chasm there. It's like when you, when you choose to go beyond curiosity and accept, make sure that you don't just, just move one step and you just kind of get there in a limbo. Because there is a limbo. There's a limbo between the curious and the contributors. And it's called consumerism. A lot of people these days, that's what they're calling it. You know, it's a dangerous lim limbo. There are so many, there are so many uh, uh, just landmines many times. I, li I like to just call the stuff that's out there that we don't see that we can just, you know, just blow up and destroy our lives. There are so many things like that out there when you live in the limbo between being curious and being a, being a contributor, being, just being a consumer. Um, about this consumer Christianity, Kerry uh, uh, Newhoff's got a good quote right here. He says, consumer Christianity isn't about what you bring to the mission it's about what you can squeeze out of it. That's what, that's what consumers do. They don't bring anything to the table. They just take from the table. God didn't call us to consume. He called us to contribute. God didn't call us to eat it all up. God called us to prepare something for somebody else. And, and I'm going to mention Matthew 6, 33 later probably in this, and I'm going to go ahead and throw it in here also. We get it backwards. We don't understand. It's, I've got needs, Pastor. I've got needs. Yes, but get your mind off your needs, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says. Because when you get your mind off your needs and you start just doing what God has called and gifted you to do, and you get your mind on his kingdom and his stuff, then he takes care of all these other things and he adds them to you, whatever your needs are. And we miss that. We misunderstand that. We just totally miss it. And, and, we, and if you're not careful, you get in consumer Christianity. And there's so many, things here, so many things here. I'll throw one at you real quick. When you're a consumer in Christianity, you know what you do is you start looking, you start looking for another place. Another place. Sometimes it's another church and another church and another church. Because uh, you, ever, you ever heard anybody say, well, I'm just not getting fed? Well, once you go beyond being curious... You know, it's not anybody else's job to feed you anymore. 
You know, you're supposed to be a contributor, and you're supposed to be feeding yourself. This, 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 is just, this is just supposed to be gravy for you if you're a contributor, right? And if you're not careful, you get caught in that consumerism, you'll be looking for something else, looking for something else, and looking for something else. Sometimes it's another church, sometimes it's, an, it's uh, another thing to do in your life or whatever, but, and you just get looking for more and more and more and more, and that's why we get busy. Man, I hear so many people today say, well, I'm just too busy to do this, this. but here's, here's the danger. Here's the danger. It's when we start saying, I'm too busy, we start cutting out the wrong stuff. When, when we don't realize what the priorities are. We need to sometimes back up and say, well, I'm busy. Well, what are you busy doing, and what are the, what are the important things? What are the priorities when we need to make sure? And that's what happens when we become consumers. We just get to the place, well, I'm too busy to contribute. I'm just going to consume today. God didn't call us to be consumers. He can called us to be contributors. And somewhere down the line, somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, we have to mature as Christians and stop asking what's in it for me and start asking what part can I play because God intends every one of us to be a part of this big awesome dream that he has and I can't imagine anything more awesome think about it the God of this universe gets a plan together and he says I want you to help me with this what could be more awesome you know, for God to say, I've got, I've got this idea of something I want to do. I, I want you to help me with this. What could be more awesome than that? Oh, but there's, there's even more that's there, that's there than that. Hey, take me to the next slide also, if you will, Tommy. Serving has costs. And I know that's the reason a lot of us back away, right? Oh, man, it's going, sometimes it costs you money. And, you know, people get funny about their money, right? You start talking about your money, people get, you know, start backing up on your talk. But this, it costs more than just money. It costs you time. When you serve, it costs your time. It costs your effort. It costs your, your strength. You, you'll get tired from serving. But have you ever had a good tired? You know what I'm talking about? I sometimes come home, and, and you know, I come home, I tell Dave, I'm tired, but it's a good tired. Because I've been spending my energy on something worthwhile. And I'm sitting there feeling all those aches and pains and thinking this was a good tire today because we invested somewhere that is going to make a difference. We had impact today. We had influence today. There was purpose in me wasting or spending or, or, or using up all of my energy today. Yeah, it's got cost. But serving also has its own reward as well. It's not just a cost. There's a reward. Sowing and reaping. You sow, it's got to come back to you. God set it up that way. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Okay. Uh, that doesn't sound like he's saying much there, but he's saying you've got to give up your own way. We, we misunderstand this thing about following Christ. It's because we choose, it's like saying, you know what? His way is the best way. And so we take a step or two, and then we say, but I think I'll go this way. I'm going to follow you, God, but I'm going to do it this way. Now, wait a minute. If you're going to follow someone, that means you're giving up your way. You know, if I'm going to follow you to lunch today, we're going to eat together, and I'm going to follow you to a restaurant, I can't follow you to a restaurant my way. Right? Does that not make sense? You understand? When you realize that God's way is the way, man, all this wisdom that he's got, yeah, that's the right. Then you can't go off and do it your way. Yeah, I, I shared this, and I, and, I, and I hope I don't get in trouble. You know, sometimes my family says, if I didn't have family, I wouldn't have anything to preach about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, about a month ago, I was at my mom and dad's house, and we were going to go eat 
somewhere, and, and, she, she, and mom suggested, well, why don't we drop your car off halfway, and then you won't have to go so far out of your way. I said, okay. So we were going to go to the Lowe's in Bessemer and then and drive, and, and so I backed out of their back out of the driveway and I backed way up to give her plenty of room because I really wasn't sure how good my mom's driving these days I'm just I'm just joking okay and I backed out of her way you know and so I backed out of her way enough that she really didn't even see me back there so so she she takes off and and so I get in behind her and we get the interstate and we hit 459 and we go around we hitting 59 and, and heading up to Bessemer and everything and my mom is flying I mean my mom doesn't drive this fast and she's kind of, you know, when you're driving fast, sometimes you're not driving as straight as so us. She's weaving just a little bit. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, i got to talk to mom. You know, what? I can't believe she's driving like this. She's just driving like she's a mad woman or something, you know. And she's flying, and I'm, you know, and I'm staying up with her. And we get off the interstate, and we're kind of hurrying through the red lights. And, and we swing through, swing through lows, and, and uh, then she pulls around. And I find a parking place out there on the, on the outer edge, you know. And I get out, and I'm walking. She rolls the window down. She said, I thought you were ahead of me, and I've been trying to catch you all this way. <laughs> and that's why she was driving like that. So it was my fault, right? <laughs> but I think we do that sometimes with Jesus, is we forget who's supposed to be following who. You know, I was following her, but she didn't know it. You know, and, 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 we, and sometimes we forget who's supposed to be following who. We need to make sure when we choose to follow, that means we're giving up something. We've got to give up our way if we're choosing God's way. You know, you can't, you can't just, it sits in the cafeteria, you can't just pick and choose. You know, if you're going to, Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you've got to give up your way and follow me. Okay, so look, Galatians chapter 5, let me hurry. I won't preach this long on this one. Uh, this, Paul writes this to the church at Galatia. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. I've got to say this real quick. I've heard a lot of people in my life say, but Jesus has given us freedom. And so it doesn't matter what I do, I have freedom to do whatever. That, that, this just slaps that right in the face. You've been given freedom, but don't fr use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. You haven't been given freedom so you can live like you want to. You haven't been given freedom so that you can do whatever you want to and just be your own, your, your own little God. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. You know what? You ever read the law? You ever, you ever tried to read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy? I do really good in Genesis, Exodus. When I get to Leviticus and we start getting into the real law and all that kind of stuff, you know, you know, and I read this, you know what it makes me want to say? It's like, God, why then did you give us all of that in Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy if we can just say it right here, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. That sums up the law. Isn't that crazy? That sums up the law. But we had to have all those rules. They had to have all those rules because we, we couldn't, we couldn't just, just do it from that one thing. What's your freedom for? To serve one another. First, first Peter chapter 4, verse 10 God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Wait a minute. God has given you a gift. You know, I, I grew up in Pentecost. I grew up in Pentecostal church, and I grew up in that. But a lot of what I heard, and maybe this isn't what they always meant to preach to me, a lot of what I heard was, you get this gift. You have a gift. Now you have this. You get blessed. You get receiving all this. And I heard about getting gifts. They were going to bless me. But what does this say? Peter says, you've been given it out, out of God's treasure trove of all these gifts, all these, this variety of all this, these spiritual gifts that God could give to you. He has given you gifts 
And then he says, use them well to serve one another. He hasn't just given me gifts so that I can be better and I can have an awesome life and I can have blessings and, and, and I can hear his will and, and, and I can have prophecies spoken over me or healings come to, to my life and to my family. I've been given these things to serve one another as well. So if you have a gift today, and not just, not just the spiritual gifts that he's talking about, but the, the talents that God has put inside of you, all of these things, use them well to serve one another. To serve one another. Okay, I got one more. Let's hurry because I, I am going to preach right here a little bit. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. I've been, a, and this is the Apostle Paul, he's speaking here. He says, I've been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. All right. When people are uninvolved, inspiration becomes criticism. When people are uninvolved, inspiration will become criticism instead of becoming inspiration. Let me, let me explain what I mean here. Is when, when you are involved, you know, if you're, you're a contributor, you're involved in the church. You've got buy-in. You're doing it. You're picking up pieces of paper on, on the ground. It's that kind of thing, you know, right? When you've you got buy-in, then when you see something that's wrong, you, 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 that's inspiration to you. Or when you see something that needs to happen, when you, you see that the kids' area needs, needs something or the teen ministry needs help, when you see that, if you've got buy-in, then it's inspiration, and you start thinking about how can we fix this? How can we do it? So think about it. It's not, not just a spiritual thing. Think about it at work. You know, if you're, if you're bought in, if you're part of the, if you're not just making a paycheck, but you believe in your company and everything, then when you see something that's not right, it's like, how can we fix this? Inspiration, right? But when you don't have the buy-in, when you're not a contributor, when you're like, eh, you know, I just show up, whatever. When you're, when, when you're in limbo, when you're a consumer, when you don't have purpose, when you don't have the passion for it, when you don't have that, and then you see something that is wrong, it doesn't become inspiration. It becomes criticism. Think about it. Because you don't have an outlet to do anything with it because you're not, you're not part of the team. You're not part of the ministry. You're not part of the effort. You're not part of the passion. You're not part of the buy-in. And so you see something's wrong, and, and, all, and what do you do? You start getting critical. So, so let me throw this at you right here. If your inspiration is waning a little bit, perhaps it's because you don't have the buy-in. And maybe not just about church, maybe about other things. Maybe about your, your marriage. Maybe about you, you know, your, your kids. Maybe about your job. Maybe about school. You don't have that buy-in. If you've got the buy-in, you'll have inspiration. Just dripping with it. But if you don't, it's, it's going to come out as criticism if you're not careful. So th that's, that's the first part of that verse right there. About, we want to help people. We, we can't help people by a little bit. We've got to work hard. We've got to serve. We've got to be involved. That's how we've got to do it. Here's the second part of that. More blessed to give than receive. I've heard that all my life. You know, sometimes that's hard to believe, isn't it? Well, let's see if we can figure this out just a little bit here. I spent a lot of time this week in preparation for this message trying to count the Christmas gifts that I can remember from when I was a child. Okay, y'all thought I was going to say something really deep spiritual there, didn't you? Right. I spent a lot of time, and you guess how many I could come up with. I know, and if I, I know you're going to think, oh, I can remember most of mine. I could, I could tell you the name and, and picture them of seven. I've been thinking about this for days. Now, I, and I asked a few people. 
I said, how many could you, you know, and I, I, without giving them a number, I said, how many? And, you know, at first you're thinking, oh, I can remember most of them probably. But then they started trying to name them. And how many, you know, how many can you actually, I can remember seven. You want to know what they are? Ask me afterwards. I thought about giving you the list today, but I don't have time. i got to hurry. You know, but I remember seven. Until, until I graduated high school, that, I was thinking all that way up. I rem- I'll tell you what, I remember a, a, a specific Bible I asked for one year for Christmas, and I got it. Okay, I remember that one. So I'm talking about even up to graduation. I'm not talking about just when I was four years old. So I remember seven. What does that mean? I don't even remember one from each year. Okay? And how many times, though, do we talk about, remember that mission trip we went on? Remember that serve project we did where a bunch of guys got together and we built those decks for that single parent at her home? You know, you, you, you remember that fundraiser that we did for, for the orphanage in Honduras? I'm talking about us here now, right? You remember that fundraiser we did uh, to, to raise money for, to, plant a, to plant an entire orchard for, the, for the, uh, uh, the orphanage in Romania? You remember the fundraisers that we did and the trips that we've had in sending people up to minister to the, to the families of the Lakota Sioux Indians in, uh, in uh, South Dakota? You remember those things? Listen, when, when you get together with your small group, do, do you... Does this come up very often? Do you say, you know what? That reminds me of a gift I got when I was six years old at Christmas. No. I mean, you don't, you don't remember those things. What do you remember? You remember the, the big stuff. Hey, guys, that reminds me of a time we got together and we did this and we had impact right here. That reminds me of a time. That's the kind of stuff we share. We don't, we, we don't share. How, when's the last time you told somebody about a gift you got, except, unless it was something you got yesterday or something, right? When's the last time? We don't do that. We don't remember very long the stuff that other people give us. We liked it when they gave it to us, right? But we don't sit around thinking about it, or we don't write posts about it on Facebook. But, man, we remember the times we get. Bring me that slide, Tommy, so I can read it. We remember what we do for others more than what we receive from others because receiving is not fulfilling. Giving and serving are. That's why we remember that stuff. It's because that's what's fulfilling. Oh, yeah, everybody likes to get and receive, but that's not going to fulfill you. What's going to fulfill you is when you learn how to give, when you learn how to serve. And this was buried in my notes, and I thought, I'm just not going to share that this morning. I'm not going to say that that way, but I'm going to say it. Came, came to my mind at this point in the sermon in the first service, and come to my mind again right here, right now. If that's true, if that's true right there, that that's what's important. Giving and serving is what's going to fulfill you. And you've been here at 2911 for any time at all, six months, a year, longer, and you have not found your place to serve. Two places. Serve the body, you need to be serving one another. And serving outside the body, you need to be serving people who don't know Christ yet. And if you've been here six months, a year, or longer, and you have not found your place to serve, to be fulfilled, because that's what we're talking about here. If you have not found that, then I feel like I have failed you. I need to be challenging you to find that, because you need to be fulfilled. You don't need to be, just like with Christmas, you don't need to be consuming the gifts on Sunday morning that you're not going to remember two weeks from now. You need to be fulfilled. You need to be doing something that's going to matter two weeks and two years and two decades from now. 
The times I served, the times I was there, the times that we made something happen that were fulfilling, that, that impacted people's lives, that influenced someone in the church or in the community. That I, I need to find, a, I, I got to find the way to do that. I got, I got to find the way to challenge you in that. Because, and I think, right, and I think my next slide is because we are too blessed to not serve. Thank you. Should have gotten more amens than that. Let's try it again. We are too blessed to not serve. Amen. Amen. And I know some of y'all think y'all aren't blessed. The poorest person in this room is richer than over 90% of the people in this world. You think you've got a bad, some of you had a bad week? Go to a third world country. They didn't have a bad week. They had a bad month. They had, they're having a bad year. They're having a bad life. What you and I dealt with this past week is nothing compared to what they live in every single day they wake up for their life. You and I are blessed, and we are too blessed to not serve. So, uh, this, this is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 48. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Let me, let me hurry right here, but I want to say something real quick, okay? Um, this, this finally kind of hit me this way. I've read, I don't know how many times I've read this. This finally kind of hit me, okay? When you receive something, something's required. But when you're entrusted with something, more is required. If you give me $5 after church, and then, you know, later you might say, hey, what'd you do with that $5? And I might show you that toy I bought down at five below, right? And say, I've been playing with this with the grandkids and having fun, right? And so you'll be, oh, that's pretty cool, you know, and you, you don't care what kind of toy I bought. You gave me $5. But if you give me $5 to hold for you that you want me to give later, you're going to want to know more. Like, wh where is my $5? You do not want to see that I bought a new toy from Five Below with your $5, right? And as we talked last week about how giving is also worship, we understand that God owns everything and that he has just entrusted it with us. Therefore, what we have been entrusted with, not just what we've been given, but the money, the relationships, the people that God has entrusted into our life that we need to be serving, there is more that is required of us because these people have been entrusted to us by Jesus Christ. Second uh, Chronicles 29.11 this is Old Testament, right? My sons, he's talking to the priests here. God says, don't be negligent, uh, do not neglect your duties any longer. The Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him and to lead the people in worship and present offerings to him. That is awesome. They got to stand in God's presence and lead people in worship, right? That's the Old Testament. You know what the New Testament says? If they were blessed to get to stand in God's presence and do that, let me show you what the New Testament says about us. You know, those priests back, but all of us are priests. Look what it says, 1 Peter 2, 9. For you are a chosen people. You're a royal, you're a royal priest, so you're a holy nation. God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This is what God has called us to do. And then those next scriptures right there. Uh, didn't have time to go through all those. They're on the, uh, in the sermon notes on the Connect page, church2911.com slash connect. Go there and, and you can read all these scriptures. But the gifts that he's given us, the access that we have to God. We don't have to go to one building in Jerusalem like they did in Second Chronicles. We have access to God 24-7 wherever we are. And the gifts that he gives us, the power that is at our disposal, all of those things... I mean, as blessed as those guys were to worship God and to serve Him and lead other people in worship, you and I are, so, you and I are exponentially blessed more than they are. Uh, and then Psalm 84 and 10, I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than to live the good life in the homes of the wicked. 
David wrote this, and I've, I've, I've always heard it in my, my life. I never quite understood it when I was a kid, but I always heard. David said, I'd rather be the doorkeeper in the house of my God. And that's why I always heard it. You know, I'd rather, be a door, I'd rather be a greeter back there and shaking people's hands when they walked in the door than to live in the wickedness in the world, in the best houses in the world and live in wickedness. And you know what? You might not have ever lived that. Okay? A lot of you have never lived that kind of, you know, some kind of life that is just full of wickedness and whatever. We, you've not lived that. But hopefully, at least like David, you've seen enough of it to know that whatever little part God allows me to play in his kingdom is better than the best that wickedness can offer me out there. To just be a part of this miracle of what God is doing in lives. The blessings and the miracles that, that I hear about every single week. and I try to throw one at you at the end of services when I've got one to throw at you, you know, just to remember every single week all this stuff that God is doing the lives that God is changing and that he asked me to be a part of that so even just one little part of that David is saying is better than all of that out there just one little part and I want I wanted to memorize this but I I, I, I'm gonna mess it up so I'm gonna read it with you okay this next thing you aren't just making coffee back there you're serving in the kingdom you aren't just shaking a newcomer's hand at the door you're making a first-time attender comfortable enough to become a second-time attender you aren't just hanging out with teenagers if you're a teen worker. You're the only Christian example some of them have in their life. You aren't just leading small groups. You're helping someone grow closer to Jesus. And if you're working in kids, you're not just tending babies. You're tending God's babies. This is awesome what God has called us to do and be and allowed us to be a part of. And we're too blessed not to do that, even that little part. It's just so blessed to get to do that little part. Man, sometimes we, we just totally miss. So what are we going to do about it? So, so let me tell you. What are we going to do about it? Well, first of all, you need to find your place. And, and, and if you had not found your place, let, let me encourage you to do something. Tonight, we've got something really important. Team night. You know, and sometimes I have a hard time explaining to people. say, well, what is it? What is it? That's it right there. Worship, prayer, and vision. That's what team night is. Five o'clock. Also got a little food, you know, a little small meal just to tide you over. I know some of you can't hardly go without it for an hour, you know. I think our program's about 50 minutes, you know. We're going to do some worship, we're going to do some prayer, and we're going to share some vision. And, and, you know, we have a whole lot of teams, and, 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 you know, these teams are all working like this, you know. And, and we just need that time to come together. And so we can all stay together. And we're going to share some vision. We're going to talk about future stuff. We're going to talk about some things like that. And so we need you to be. We've got some, got some big changes for September. And, uh, and it's something I'm going to share with you right now. And something we're going to share with you tonight also. We've got some big changes for September. We want to share all that. And we have a blast at team night. And if you're a part of a ministry team, you definitely need to be here. That's like, it's for you. But if you're not a part of a ministry team, I invite you to show up tonight and just see what it could be like. You know, maybe you're a Christian. You're not curious about Christianity anymore. But maybe you're curious about ministry. You need to show up tonight, okay? You need to be here. And here's the second thing. In September, our kids' department is doing something big for the month of September. Now, there are five Sundays in September. The first one is a holiday weekend. We normally do water baptism. We're planning a baptism that Sunday. If you've never been baptized, you're a Christian, you've never been baptized, you need to plan to be baptized that day, okay? So that, one is, that one's out of the way. Then the next four, there's four more because there's five in, in September. The kids are doing an event called now streaming a big event every single sunday back there you've been a part of big some of you've been part of big kids events before in the past we're going to do something like that for four sundays in our in our kids area okay and and here's 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 a challenge for you 
on your way out the door, stop at that table there. Don't walk, don't walk past that table. Stop at that table and find out what you can do. Because we need a lot of people to help us make this happen, okay? Because we're actually going to still be doing service while that's going on. And there's a reason for that. I'll tell you that in just a second, okay? We're going to be doing service, but we need a lot of people to jump in and help with that. Things like, uh, you know, they're going to have crafts. They're going to have games. You know, it's, it's going to kind of be like our kids' church on steroids, you know, kind of a thing. You know, gonna, and going to have lots of stuff going on. And, and if you've got a bill, and, and some of you say, well, I can't do a lot. I, I'm just a good helper. They, I think they called it a, something else back there. I forget what they called it. But uh, they've got awesome things that need to be done. And you, you may say, well, I can't do anything. I just want to write a check. We don't need another hundred dollars like to make it happen okay that kind of a thing but if you want to do that just so you say I want to invest in this because I believe in kids and I believe in what our church then do that if that's all you can do do that okay but here's the next thing is we're going to be doing for those four Sundays we're going to be doing one service at 10 o'clock okay and here's one of the reasons if we do recruit 30 of you to jump in there and help with that so now great this kids event has 30 more people to shoulder the load but then we do two services. Oh, really, we've only got 15. 15 for first service, 15 for second. So we're going to make a change for the month of September. And uh, hopefully if we do recruit 30 of you, that will be 30 less people filling these seats, right? You can listen to the sermon on podcast later. And uh, so that will give us some more seats so we can put both of our services together. May squeeze in a few more chairs or whatever. And, and there's a reason we want to do that also. But so, so that's why we're going to do one service. So, well, that's going to be different. And, and I, I, I don't, at 10 o'clock, that's, that's early. 10 o'clock, 10, 30, uh, 30 minutes. Okay, you can do that, right? I mean, really the 9 o'clock people will be the ones more, more bothered about it. They're normally getting out a little after 10, right? So we can do this, okay, for one month. Because this is what we do. At 2911, this is what we do. We do what's important. We do what's it, what it's time to do right now. And right now, it's time to, for us to pour into our kids and to find an opportunity to reach into our community. Because here's the last thing about this, is I need you to start inviting people to this. You see? And, and then I, it, some of you may think later today, when you've been, been thinking about this, you think about who can I invite to do this, you're thinking, you know, I could probably help gather a bigger crowd if we did it on weeknights. You know, if we did it Monday through Thursday or, you know, something like that. I could, because you know, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking about people in other churches. That's not 2911. We are not here to minister to people who are in church somewhere else today. We are here to minister to people who are not in church today. We're here to find them. We're here to invite them. We're here to look for them. And so here's what I want to pray. I'm praying this over you, is that if you don't automatically right now know somebody who is not in church that has kids, that God shows them to you this week and you invite them to come to this big event for four weeks, you know, and, and their kids are going to have a blast, they're going to have fun and all that, and then they're going to be in the service. So here's what I want your prayer to be for me. During those four Sundays, those four sermons, I want you to be praying with me as I'm preparing even right now those messages that I say what an unchurched, unconnected, unsaved parent of a kid needs to hear those four Sundays. Okay, and then I want you, you help me get them here, and I'll preach them. And let me, if you, I'm done. Let me just share this one little thing before I bring you forward, okay? I've, I've shared this many times before, but my, my dad pastoring back right, right before I got married, and I was still at home and, and, attending, and attending his church where he pastored. The teen Sunday school teacher, the, the, the lady who was over the teenagers, that was teaching the Sunday school class for teenagers. Understand, I want you to get that. It's because her heart and her mind should have been on kids, right? I mean, that because that's who she teaches every Sunday. She came in one Sunday, and she said, Brother Hand, 
because that's what they call preachers back in those days. You know, Brother Han, every Sunday on my way to church, I pass this house that has kids in the front yard, and they're just getting dirty and everything. They're not dressed for church. I know they're not going to church anywhere. And I think God is telling me that you need to go by there and invite them to church. Oh, y'all getting ahead of me again. Y'all know. You know what my dad said? He told her he wasn't doing it. He said, I'm not going to. Because God has you driving by their house every Sunday. You're the one that lives in their community. You're the one that sees them. God has you seeing that and seeing that need. You need to stop and invite them to church. I don't know if the kids ever came. I don't know if she ever stopped and invited them. Would be a shame if she didn't. I was hoping I'd get a lot of amen so that I could turn around at you. <laughs> you get a lot of amen so I'd turn around at you and say, you know, it'd be a shame if you didn't invite those that are around you, right? And you know what? I don't live on your street. Where I live right now, I got a lot of kids. I'm thinking, I got to have some stuff to pass out on the street about this event. Because there's a lot of kids. Because, you know, I, I, I see them out playing all the time. I need to. I don't live on your street. I, I, don't, I don't work where you work with your coworkers that have kids and they don't go to church anywhere. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not in the place, your circles. My grandkids don't go to, go to the schools that your grandkids or your kids might go to. You're the one connected to them. You need to reach them. I'm praying that God show us, if we don't know right now, show us this week people who are not in church with kids that need to come to this awesome event in September. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.